Today is May 12th and I'm Ryan Miller, Crops Extension Educator. Earlier this morning we recorded our fourth episode of the Strategic Farming Field Notes program. Strategic Farming Field Notes is a weekly programming addressing current crop production topics. A live webinar is hosted at 7.30 a.m. on Wednesdays throughout the cropping season. During the live webinar, participants can join the discussion and get questions answered. An audio recording of the live program is released following the webinar via podcast platforms. Today's webinar was moderated by fellow crops educators Jared Goplin and David Nikolai. On the webinar today were guests Tom Peters, extension agronomist specializing in sugar beets and weed science at North Dakota State University and University of Minnesota, and Devlin Serengi, extension weed scientist with the Department of Agronomy and Plant Genetics at the University of Minnesota in St. Paul. The guests and moderators addressed the dry conditions and concerns about the activation and efficacy of pre-emergence herbicides, as well as early season weed management considerations given the dry and cool conditions. Thanks, and remember to tune in weekly for a discussion on the current crop situation, as well as crop and pest management topics. Welcome to our program uh, called Strategic Farming Field Notes. It's a program brought to you by the University of Minnesota Extension. My name is Jared Goplin. And uh, I'm here along with my, uh, another colleague of mine, Dave Nikolai, as moderators for our session today regarding weed management. So Dave, I guess we're, we're kind of excited to have this topic with a couple of our coworkers to talk on this, this whole, whole big question right now, which is weed management in these dry conditions. Well, that's right, Jared. And especially, you know, given the current weather conditions um, that we have outside and in terms of what's forecast, <clears throat> we know that, you know, early season weed control is on the minds of a lot of growers. And, and farmers, not just in Southern Minnesota, but in Northwestern Minnesota, across the entire state. So we thought we'd ask uh, two individuals here, <clears throat> both specialists from the University of Minnesota. Uh, they represent, I guess, maybe somewhat different cropping areas and geographical areas. Uh, first off, uh, I guess new to a lot of people here in the state of Minnesota, uh, Jared is, is, is Dr. Devlin Zrangi, and Devlin is uh, our new extension weed specialist, predominantly working in the corn and soybean area. Uh, Devlin actually uh, comes to us from Wyoming, uh, but via Nebraska. And so he did his training uh, down in the, in the uh, big red state of uh, Nebraska. And then also uh, Dr. Tom Peters. Uh, Tom is our extension sugar beet weed specialist. Uh, he has a unique situation of covering not just Minnesota here, but also North Dakota as well. So he gets that perspective back and forth. It's a it's a split position in terms of that. So uh, we've asked both of them to, uh, to be on board here and talk a little bit about what they're seeing out in the fields and the situation right now. Uh, we know that we were getting a lot of questions here about our drier weather, cooler weather, um, a lot of uh, chemistry in terms of pre-emergence herbicides, but also uh, tillage and other options, as well as uh, the biology of the weeds that we do have in our fields. So uh, with that, I'm just, I think we'll just kick it off here, Jared and have a, a, maybe just a little short introduction in terms of some observations. And uh, Devlin, if it's okay with you, I think we're gonna just, I'm gonna turn it over to Tom for just a brief comment or two, and then, and then back to yourself in terms of what we're actually seeing out in the field with that situation. And again, if uh, folks have questions, um, you know, make sure you put them in the Q&A box and also make sure that you hit the enter button, Jared, otherwise we can't see them. So uh, if you do type something in the Q&A box, hit that enter button, and then we'll uh, keep uh, monitoring uh, those questions as well. So with that, Tom, uh, you're coming to us from uh, the Fargo uh, area uh, up at NDSU campus. So tell us what you're seeing uh, up in that area of the state. But I know that you've been traveling down south as well. 
Okay, so I'm going to keep my, my remarks short. So first of all, we've had very, very strong planting progress. So um, the wheat's done. For the most part, sugar beets are done. Um, corn is done. Farmers are planting soybean. And very soon in northwest Minnesota, we'll see dry bean and sunflower go in. So very, very strong plant progress for 2021. Number two, our soils are cold. The small grains are up, but you see very little beyond small grains. And, and that's because soils are cold. Four inch soil temperatures last week when I was out were in the low 40s. That's too cold to get broadleaf crops to germinate and emerge. And we're not seeing many of them in this part of the, the state. Number three, and this really gets to the, to the topic for today. There's a lot of farmers that listened to us and implemented a weed management plan that included pre-emergence herbicides. Unfortunately, those herbicides are on the soil surface. We haven't had any rain. So they don't work on broadleaf weeds or grasses that emerge. They have to be rainfall incorporated for them to be effective. And we'll get into the, uh, the consequences of, of lack of rainfall as we go through the meeting today. Okay, thanks, Tom. Devlin, you know, your perspective, you've been out and traveling a little bit in, uh, in Minnesota here as well across the state, um, as well as receiving questions. How do things look from your viewpoint? Yeah, so um, good morning, everyone. And I think uh, I also agree with Tom that in corn and soybean part, uh, we have made tremendous progress in May. And I think uh, most of our uh, corn and soybean is planted now. And uh, But the soil is a little dry and cool. And um, last, week, uh, 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 last week I was in... Uh, Renville County. Um, uh, 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 this actually, this uh, Monday I was there. Actually, I'm sorry. So this Monday I was there in Renville County, and I saw like corn is uh, up in some of the areas, but soybean is still going there, or uh, it's still yet to come. And uh, regarding weed emergence, I have seen that uh, lamb's quarter is coming up, and so in some of the places, as Tom mentioned, that. Water hemp we have seen started coming and uh, uh, we have a site at uh, Rosemont where we have seen giant ragweed is up already like uh, it's been 10 days I have seen giant ragweed started coming up so uh, weeds are coming up and definitely I got questions uh, from several people regarding the pre's. Uh, due to this dry condition and I think that is one of the goal of today's topic to discuss about that. And uh, I think uh, overall it uh, looks good regarding crop planting, but uh, we'll see like how the pre's are activated uh, pretty soon and we'll know about that. And so we'll discuss any other alternatives in case if you see that pre's are not uh, activating good in a good amount. Okay, Jared, maybe we'll turn it back to you for just a second. I know that we talked about some things in advance. Uh, uh, you're located right now in, in western Minnesota, uh, very dry conditions and so forth. But um, in lieu of that, what are some things that, um, that you think are of concern that we should talk a little bit about with our, our guests here this morning? 
Yeah, so perhaps some of you saw that we did put out a crop news somewhat addressing this issue uh, earlier in the week on Monday. And, uh, you know, for that crop news, I actually went in and, and pulled some numbers uh, in terms of crop emerge or uh, sorry, weed emergence models. Uh, and kind of interestingly, despite some of the cooler conditions and drier conditions, some of those models actually have predicted that a lot of, uh, of these early season weeds, lambs quarters, giant and common ragweed have actually emerged already, which I think is, is not particularly true. I think these models are a little bit uh, skewed, but nonetheless, I think a lot of these early emerging weeds are germinating and just waiting, just ready to pop through the soil surface. So as soon as we get a couple of warm days, I think they're going to be there. I know I was out yesterday and did some digging, you know, where you see one or two emerging, you do a little digging and there's a lot of, of the little white threads uh, for those weeds that are just below that soil surface. And these are all in fields that have had pre's applied. Um, so, you know, what should people kind of be thinking about? You know, number one, the question is, did I waste my money? Uh, did I waste my money on that, on that pre-emerge herbicide? Jared, I think you're there. Oops, I guess I muted myself. Yeah. Uh, how long will, will it stick around and is the sun going to break it down? Is it going to blow away? Um, so I guess I'm not sure who wants to take first stab at that, but uh, what's going to happen to those pre's that are sitting there? They might not be controlling weeds now, but uh, are they going to disappear before we do get rain? So I want to take a shot at that, and I want to send a very strong message to everybody. The herbicides that are on the surface are going to work for us as soon as we get rainfall, okay? Today's herbicides are good products. They do not volatilize in general. They don't photo decompose. They're bound to soil. Unfortunately, they're on the soil surface and they're not effective on the soil surface. Now, Jared, you threw out that, what about if they blow away? Well, yeah, that's a possibility. And we've had some challenges with wind. But by and large, our herbicides are there. And as soon as we get some rain, we'll get them activated and we'll get benefit from them. So I don't, I don't want anybody to hit the panic button and say, you know, I just blew $20 an acre. You're going to get value for those when we get rainfall. So in yeah. terms of rainfall, how, you know, a lot of times you hear that half inch mark, um, any comments in terms of how much rain we actually need to activate? And then two, you get into that discussion when that surface couple of inches is very dry. Uh, you know, is it going to take three quarters or an inch of rain to really get that herbicide into soil solution and activate it? Or you know, do you have a, a gut feeling on how much rain we're going to need now in some of these areas to get these things going? Dublin? So uh, usually we say like half inch rain is enough for activating any of these breeze, but uh, when your soil is a little dry, definitely you need a little bit more because first you need to wet your soil and then uh, you, you need to get uh, enough soil solution just to uh, mix the herbicide into that so that it is available for the plant. So uh, it depends on the area, but if you are living in a really dry area, so you need probably more than um, half inch, but if it is uh, okay, probably half inch would be fine. And I would add one more thing to Tom's point. Yes, I mean, those herbicides are going to come back if you get some rain, but only thing is like depending on when you are getting the rain, because um, if the weeds are emerged already, then these herbicide may not be 
effective for you suppose uh, like lambs quarters are uh, coming up now so if something is emerged then pre-emergence herbicide may not work for them so it will only kill the germinating weed species and, and i want to follow up on that so i have a saying that small weeds turn into big weeds if you ignore them if if the weeds have grown through our pre-emergence herbicides then you have got to find plan B to control those emerged weeds. Don't ignore them. They're a lot easier to control when they're small than when they get two to four or six inches. So Tom, we had a question in the Q&A box here. Will dragging help? So let's talk about that a little bit here. Dragging versus rotary hoe. Um, is there a risk if you do too much tillage too deep and you have that pre-layer? Is there... Uh, is there a fine point here in terms of tillage with the pre on the surface if you haven't had the rain for both? Uh, maybe a question for both Devlin and Tom here. So I've seen a lot of examples where we try to fix something with equipment and we make it worse. So I'm not a big fan of the rotary hole. I don't think the rotary hole is adequate. I don't think the row cultivator, row crop, inner row cultivator is adequate. One of my grad students has actually done some research on that. It doesn't incorporate herbicides. So don't mess it up with that kind of equipment. If you have an old fashioned um, harrow or drag, drag harrow, and your crops aren't up yet, you know, that might be a possibility to, to get some soil on top of the, on, on top of the herbicides. But um, in my opinion, um, we have to be really careful when we're going to those kinds of options. Well, I, I guess the question also was a little bit, Tom, in terms of the fact if, if weeds them, themselves have been emerged and if you are looking at that rotary hoe or that drag from a weed control perspective, without messing up the existing herbicide, if you know what I mean, before the crop is up. Is yeah, there an opportunity know, um, there? Yeah. The old timers used to do that a lot. I mean, that was a very common practice, especially Jared mentioned that white stage. And they're very tender, very susceptible. And essentially they would try to pull them out at that stage. But that's a different question, Dave. That's not talking about activation. Right, that's, right. That's weed control. Uh, one question that came in, and, and I guess it's a little, we had talked about this before we went on the air, uh, and that is on the concept of reachback. And let's talk a little bit about different herbicide families, which of our products out there might be capable of reachback, and is there a limit to how much you can actually expect in terms of reachback? But maybe we should define what reachback is for the audience in, in, in that situation in terms of, from a herbicide definition? Dublin. Well, so uh, you, you got uh, spread already your pre's and then you have a dry spell and then you got a little bit of rain. So that herbicide is still in the soil and that can be mixed to the soil solution and maybe available for the germinating weeds to uh, be killed. And, you know, these things depends on different factors like, uh, uh, like different type of herbicide, which herbicide you are spraying, the family of the herbicide, and it's 
half-life. Sometimes some herbicide degrades so fast in the soil due to microbes or um, the photodegradation. But at the same time, in the dry soil, you can expect that degradation rate is also slow. So some of the herbicides, especially like your group 27, like HPPDs, like uh, your uh, corn herbicides, you can expect uh, they can, uh, like isoxoflutol, and they can come back and uh, uh, kill some of the germinating weeds. But at the same time, um, you like if the weeds are just emerging like white stage, yeah, you can control them. But if it is like already up and pro probably have like one leaf or something, you may expect mm, no control of them because these are all pre-emergence herbicide. So uh, I'll leave it to Tom if he wants to add something to that. I do. Um, so Devlin, you're absolutely right. Don't count on reach back. It doesn't happen all the time. Um, I grew up in Stearns County and my father used to use atrazine. And atrazine was famous for reaching back after it got rainfall activated. That's a triazine herbicide and triazines will grow, get back and, and, and get some of the emerged weeds. I've seen the PPO inhibitors site of action 14 also being effective on, on, on emerged weeds that are very small, like what Deblin said. But don't expect the chloroacetamides group 15 herbicides to reach back. It's not gonna happen at all. So uh, it depends on the size of the weeds, which um, um, is very important. The type of chemistry that you're using Either is it taken up by the roots or is it taken up by the shoots of emerging weeds? And then of course, the size of the weeds. So and I would add one more thing here. I think there was a study out of University of Illinois where they showed that in the chloroacetamide, like group 15 herbicide, uh, there is difference, like how much rain you need to activate them. So I think uh, Metolachlor needs a little bit more rain than your Outlook or Warrant because uh, due to their chemistry, it needs a little bit more rain to activate uh, these herbicides. Tom, what would be some examples of some chloracetamides that we shouldn't be looking at for that reach back? I don't think you're going to get it with any of them. So, so certainly not with Outlook, um, um, the Esmetolachlor products. Warrant. I don't, Devlin probably knows more about Zidua than I do. I don't work much with Zidua, but I wouldn't count on reach back for any of those. There's a really, uh, really good question here that just came in. Does a half an inch of activating rain need to happen in one rain event or can we spread that across? And I guess I'll add to that. Uh, what about some of these rain events where it might not be a lot of precip, but it stays wet. It's maybe foggy for a whole day or cloudy. Uh, does that make an, an influence? Or are we just kind of grasping at straws here? I, I want to say one thing, and then I'm going to let Deblin answer this question. But especially when it's dry out, we've got to wet the surface first. We've got to, we've got to wet the surface before you're going to expect any movement of water and our herbicide into the soil. So I think under dry conditions, it actually takes more rain. Go ahead, Dublin. 
Yeah, so uh, if you see the weeds emergence depth, and I think, uh, Gerard, you did a good job uh, summarizing them in yesterday's crop news article. So it's mostly from one inch to six inch depth in the soil. So you need to control the weeds, which is emerging within one to six inch of the soil depth. And all the pre-emergence herbicide, they're sitting on your soil surface uh, because they can control these weeds. So basically you need uh, sufficient rain to uh, wet your uh, top surface of the soil because uh, if you get too much rain in one day, there is a potential chance that herbicide will leach down and go to the deeper surface, then it is uh, almost useless. So I think uh, getting some rain uh, that will wet your top, or, like, top layer of the soil, that would be more beneficial than getting just one day of uh, heavy rainfall. So in essence, you know, say we do get, you know, three different rain events to total a half an inch and we have drying weather in between, that's probably not going to cut it, right? I agree. I agree. One thing I'll add, though, I used to work with a gentleman named uh, Dr. Rich Zollinger. And Rich used to always talk about re-wetting and reactivating herbicides. So he felt at least with some products, there was benefit from um, uh, a second or third rainfall event, which maybe finished the job, so to speak. Any, um, any comments here in terms of um, weed growth that will continue if we are not getting rain, we're thinking about possibly uh, post-emergence uh, situations with that. Is that a is that a decision on a field-by-field -field situation here as we go uh, go forward? Uh, I know in, in sugar beets, Tom, obviously, uh, we want to make those post-emergence applications, um, you know, very early, you know, in, and often there. But any thoughts about a uh, going to an option of an early post, perhaps even in corn and soybeans, uh, if needed, or would you wait at this point in time? Well, many of our products have a label where you can apply the product. So these are soil residual herbicides post to the crop and pre-emergence to the weed. And I'll just use sugar beet as an example. So um, esmetolachlor products, um, outlook or warrant can be applied once sugar beets are at the two leaf stage. So they don't work on emerged weeds, but they will provide a residual activity. So since we've been talking about pre's, you could consider the second application a layered application. And I wanna strongly recommend that approach, um, especially since our pre's have not fulfilled their, their promise, at least to this point. I think we have to worry about the emerged weeds, like I mentioned, and then also consider what we can do in season to get a residual herbicide in our soils. One of the questions that has come up already and I'm sure will continue to be asked was, is with the timing of this layered approach, you know, so you have a pre that's out there, it hasn't activated. Um, say we don't get a rainfall event for another week, you know, it gets to be what, mid-May, you know, typically our recommendation is to come back with that layered, you know, maybe 30 to 40 days after or within 30 to 40 days after planting or that, that pre, should that plan change? Uh, if that, um, 
that herbicide finally gets activated and then it really in essence is only a week or so apart from, from activation or should we push that back? Um, do you have any thoughts or insight on, on how to manage the timing of this system? So I'm going to say one word, Devlin, one word or one phrase, and then I'm going to transition to you. So the phrase is we got to try to hook a rain. Okay. We need to hook a rain. Devlin, it's all yours. Yeah. So I would recommend like scouting the field after 14 days of pre-application. So you'll have uh, a good idea, like what's happening there. So if you see that a lot of weeds are coming through that uh, your pre-application, probably you should plan uh, to have a post-emergence application soon enough, because uh, if the weeds are coming through your pre's, then uh, uh, probably you should come back with a post-emergence herbicide uh, sooner than a regular year. And second thing is um, like, uh, like tank mixing any residual herbicide uh, for uh, water hemp type control. So uh, you should know what kind of weed species you have. Usually we recommend that definitely tank mix a, a group 15 herbicide or a residual herbicide if you want to get uh, water hemp control because water hemp emerged throughout the season. But at the same time, suppose you have giant ragweed or some other species then you have to think critically which herbicide you should spray because giant ragweed has a larger seeds and uh, it's supposed to come a little earlier than water hemp. And um, so in a typical year, you'll see most of your giant ragweed germination done by mid-June. So uh, you have to think critically which kind of herbicide program you want to have. So that will be just my uh, key aspect for uh, selecting uh, post-emergence timing or tank mixing a residual herbicide. We, we got another question in here. And Tom, I suppose you could answer it two different ways here. <clears throat> One of our uh, listeners, Doug, mentioned, um, what, which is better here? If you look at a drag, you can get a spike tooth drag or more of a tine drag. So in, in terms of that, so you might, well, we think not just activation here, but maybe weed control of emerged weeds as well. That's, that's the other option, the way to answer this, this question. So I don't know if you have any um, experience or observations reaching back to your old Stern County roots uh, in, in terms of that, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, we used to always have a spike tooth drag and that was pretty effective. Um, we would tear out some of those very, very tender seedlings and as I look back at it, I think that would also be effective at doing some activation or incorporation of herbicides. I don't know so much about the tine one. I guess I'm going to defer to the rest of the group for that one. And Tom, I have a quick question on that. So uh, if you have a lot of crop residues versus uh, yeah. less crop residue, how that impact this Yeah, uh, that's dragging. a great, great comment, Devlin, because you're going to drag all that residue around. So any, any thoughts for folks that might be into reduced tillage or strip till, et cetera, and in dealing with these drier situations? I, I would think if, to Devlin's point about residue, the tine, the tine style equipment would probably work better in that heavy residue than my father's old drag. Um, I do have a question. Uh, you know, some of your stuff I know in the past has, has looked at these early post systems. Yes. 
thoughts on those, you know, in some ways there's some attractiveness to those this year, just because of the pre's that went on early, you know, are, are essentially sitting there now with that early post, you might have something already planned to clean up any of the emerged weeds. Uh, do you have any kind of thoughts on how that system's going to, to perform this year? Do you have any, any thoughts there? Yeah, it's going to happen a lot sooner than we'd like. So I'm going to speak about sugar bee production for a moment. A lot of our producers use nurse crops and they like to keep those nurse crops in place until our beets are at about the four leaf stage. I'm afraid we're gonna probably terminate the nurse crop sooner than we'd like because we're gonna have to go out and attack um, some of those emerged broadleaf weeds. And I said this before and I'm gonna say it again, they need to be very small to get effective control. And uh, Jared, actually, I would add here, like if you're growing extend flex or enlist E3 soybeans, so you have options of uh, some of the post-emergence applications, like uh, for enlist, for example, you'll have option for Liberty, then uh, enlist uh, one, and then uh, your uh, uh, glyphosate. So you have some options. Now you have to think critically uh, which herbicide you'd spray first and when you'd spray that. So if you were uh, thinking about Liberty, then probably earlier is better because Liberty is a contact herbicide and definitely you need to spray that on a smaller weeds uh, co uh, compared to uh, uh, other herbicides. And then uh, you have to think about your uh, gallons per acre, probably 20 gallons per acre would provide you good coverage. So it depends on which herbicide you are picking. But uh, now, I mean, just giving example for soybean growers, you have opportunity for uh, mixing or uh, going with sequence with multiple herbicides. But again, if you have water hemp or lamp squatters, I think uh, tank mixing a uh, residual herbicide to that will help you uh, rather than just going straight with only Liberty or only Enlist One. So, uh, Tom, I, I understand that you might have to leave soon uh, because yeah. you are still getting those last uh, research plots in, in sugar beets in the Moorhead area. Any last thoughts you want to leave with us uh, this morning? Yeah, I, I, I want to play the long game, okay? And um, it's going to rain. And I think we have to implement some strategies to deal with any weeds that have emerged. Um, thank goodness it's been cool out because I think that slowed some of the early season development of weeds. Um, but when it rains, we'll get value from what's applied and then we need to continue the weed management plan. Um, Deblin mentioned water hemp. Water hemp germinates and emerges all season long. You have to implement the entire plan in order to manage weeds like water hemp. So stay the course, everyone. So Tom, uh, as you are sugar bit specialist, I have a quick question for you. So do you see any uh, possibility of carryover next year due to dry spell or less rain condition this year? Well, that's a possibility, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a topic for a future meeting, um, especially after we know how the, the rest of the season plays out. Okay. A couple of quick comments here. Uh, thank you to uh, somebody who read my mind. I was curious if any of you listening had any input on this drag question. 
a couple comments here to weigh it down with some tires or some something else as well as tilt those teeth and drive fast to keep that residue moving so thank you for that uh, that input in terms of utilizing that drag or that that uh, tine harrow um Devlin, I guess Tom had to leave, uh, but I maybe just if you want to comment, you've obviously spent time in some of those what I consider a little bit drier climates, Wyoming and and Nebraska. Um, uh, with that, but uh, any any comments there? I mean, you've, you've experienced this dry weather, you know, in in the past, but I think folks have st stuck with their pre-emergence uh, herbicides too. I think fairly successfully. Uh, they haven't given up, obviously. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, like I would repeat the same thing. Like if you have already sprayed your trees and don't be upset because if you get a couple of inches of rain, I mean, probably half inch or quarter inch, uh, like quarter of an inch uh, rain, you may get some uh, pre-emergence activity there. So uh, just wait for that and definitely scout your field uh earlier enough, like 14 days or 21 days after your freeze. And if you see uh, weeds are coming up, definitely start planning for your post because uh, if the weeds are out of control and if it is more than four inch tall, uh, you will have no luck or like not good luck for controlling them using any post emergence application. So yeah, I think this year would be one of the example when you have to be really proactive uh, scouting your field. I think that's that's good advice, Jared, when we think about scouting and not on a farm basis, but on an individual field basis, uh, because the weed seed bank is going to be different. Uh, tillage practices, you know, may subsequently in that effect. But uh, that may lead into some things that we might talk about uh, next week in terms of still that that early season scouting and stand assessment. Yeah, for sure. So I guess uh, to wrap up for today, since we are at the end of our time, uh, big thanks to Deblin as well as Tom. Uh, if you guys do have additional questions for any of us, uh, we did put our email addresses in that chat box. Uh, or if you would like, uh, we certainly could hang on a little bit longer if you'd like to, to ask additional questions. But uh, but Dave, I think with that, I, I think we'll have to wrap up here for the day. Yeah, that's right. And you just refer back to the evaluations and then this series will be available as, a, um, as it always has been as a podcast. Yeah, and stay tuned for next week. Uh, again, we'll be back same time, same place, the same link you've gotten in the past uh, at 7.30 next week on Wednesday morning. Uh, Dave, I think you're going to be on vacation, but the rest of us will be here. Uh, we have not determined our topic yet, so if any of you do have input or seeing some interesting things out in the field that you think are worth uh, exploring, uh, we'd be happy to get some of that input. Uh, we'd be happy if you'd let us know. So with that, uh, see, you, see you back again next week. Uh, we thank you for attending and, uh, and see you next week. Thank you Thank all. You. Thank you, Jared and Dave. And thanks.